Let's go over there and shake hands, smile, hug their neck. Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. This is Hour 3 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson on the WRAD Talk Network. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what that means? Do you? We're the underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side... Big Dog Sports Talk Power Hour. When I wake up in the morning, love, and the sunlight hurts my eyes. It is hour number three, the power hour, and it is literally and figuratively a lovely day in the hood here on BDST. Temperature is going to be up near 60. I mean, it's February 7th. We're talking about sunshine. Matter of fact, the rest of the week, we're going to be over 55 into 60. We got the great Bill Withers, and it's even lovelier because... I don't know how he holds this note, this entire song, but he does. <laughs> Bradford University Hall of Famer, our NFL correspondent. Very excited to have David Smith in studio. Good morning, my friend. My man, good morning to you. Bill Withers getting us started, so you know how to tee him up, Rick. Well, I mean, we, we, we it's Bill Withers. I mean, come on. We got to have some Bill Withers. Got to have. Got to have some Bill Withers. Hey, if we're in February in the New River Valley and you're talking about no snow, look, I, I spent six winters up here through yes. grad school and all, and I promise you, there may not be any more snow left. I think we had it all, you know. And you, you're a product of this area, you know. Yes. To be able to escape all year, I don't think we've there's been no shovel. There's been no measurable no. snow yet. And so I'm not. Com- I'm not complaining. I am not complaining. I don't know if your snow. I cannot stand it. I hate it. I hate every part of it. Don't winter. want it. No. So, so we're together on yeah, that? Yeah, we are together. All right. All right. Shocker. Good. good. All right, good. No, I want every Christmas to be 60 degrees and sunny. I don't, hey, people get all mad at me when I say me. that. Not me. Listen, <laughs> if, if it, I, I, call, I call Thanksgiving and Christmas great when I can sit on the deck. Yes. And and get away from the 80 people yes. in the house because it's too hot. Absolutely. And I love my family. I'll see them this weekend <laughs> for my mom's birthday. They know how I feel. So, And my wife's from Maryland, and she hates it even more than me. And I'm like, you grew up in it. She's like, yeah, and I'm out of it. That's why, that's so, why I hate it. So, right, so, right. So, so lovely day. Great to be with you, boy. Great well, to be with good you. Good to have you. And uh, my goodness, so much to cover. Obviously, we'll get to the big game this weekend. But uh, I guess the biggest bunch of news has, has started around quarterbacks, right? Two Hall of Famers, one for sure now because it looks like he's done. In five years, Tom Brady will be inducted. 
He has announced his retirement. This one's going to stick. You could kind of tell it's a little different than the one last year. People are saying, why did he have the extra year that cost him his marriage? Well, that didn't cost him his marriage. They had lots of issues in that marriage. But he seemed pretty content. Um, He's done now, and Tom Brady walking in the sunset. Yeah, and you know what? You've got to run run its course. We all want to run it for him. You know, right, and we have no right to do that to we, these athletes, and, and we don't. And and I know I'm probably one at times. Go, man, why? I do just? it too. I but, do it too. But when you look at what he did this past season, he was still. It, when I saw him, I didn't think, <laughs> boy, he can't throw it anymore. You know, like when Peyton Manning, he had his neck issues and he couldn't throw the ball right. anymore, and he talked later on about yep. he couldn't feel it. And yep. then Drew Brees, you could just see where he's just running out of energy, yep. couldn't quite make the throws anymore, and you could sense it was happening for him. Tom Brady may not have had enough people around him, but it wasn't because he couldn't throw the 30-yard out on a dime and on a rope. So I'm almost more impressed about his physical ability to still throw the ball. But like a lot of things, you kind of found him at the end chasing a little bit. He he went to Tampa and all the things Tampa Mm -hmm. had to do to kind of make it fit for him, even though he takes a discount because money wasn't the thing for him. You knew he would have to kind of do another reboot. Had to bring in more pieces, even though he had Godwin, he had Mike Evans and that kind of thing. They changed coaches. They moved B.A. upstairs, whether he went kicking and screaming or whether he said, enough of this guy. Whatever it was, they kind of laid it out there for him for this one last ride. It didn't go the way they wanted, but look, 80-plus thousand yards passing. So so as a Miami fan, I'm a Marino guy, and Marino retired in 99. <clears throat> I looked this last night, looked at this last night. He has 61,000 yards, and I'm thinking – you know, if you think about it, Rick, back in those yeah. days, Marino threw it all, all the but time. No running game, right? No running game, Miami. So yeah. you're thinking he that no one will ever throw it that much. Well, we didn't foresee all yeah. of these rule changes. The evolution, happening. yeah. I think he's like eighth now. I think Matt Ryan's ahead of him. You got Aaron Rodgers on the doorstep. You've got uh, Philip Rivers is ahead of him. Ben Roethlisberger, of course, you got to play a long time and all that. But just the way the league has has operated now. But give Brady all the credit in the world. Three MVPs, 15 Pro Bowls, seven championships. Um, Again, Super Bowls are super hard to get to. I think we sometimes don't realize that. Yeah, just to get to the game. Rick, you're a Broncos fan, and there was a stretch where Denver, it was was their right to kind of get there. Elway went to five. He got smashed in three. Right. But then he won the last two, and he was like, uh, and he physically was done. You, he was you done. Recall, the last he, Super Bowl, yeah, he, he was. Done. He was. He was kind of hobbling around, and and I, I think people that aren't from our era won't recognize how gifted a thrower of the football that John Elway was. That's still the best that I've seen. I, I, at I agree, and I think yeah. I think uh, Mel Kiper had him rated like the best yeah. that he had ever rated up there. I think Andrew Luck had yeah. a super high rating. Those kind of things. Right. So. So for Brady, he's got nothing to feel ashamed about. No, you know what? Seven rings. Uh, Fox deals waiting on him. He's going to take a year off and good move. Kind of sort of probably iron his money. Yep. You know, just kind of yeah. want to you know, <laughs> get a hot iron. I'm just going to iron these twenties <laughs> and kind of get. A, <laughs> so shout out to him for a career well done. Twenty three years. It will never happen again. And one of the few guys where we're not going to argue that he's the greatest of all time, but yet, like you just mentioned, in no way is he remotely the most physically gifted at his position. No. In any way, sh- and, no. and I can't recall that. No, in any sport nope. where the greatest of all time wasn't also the best, maybe athlete or player. Where you're talking about Michael J- uh, Jordan, where you're talking about Jim Brown or Ken Griffey Jr., whomever, Willie Mays. Here you have a guy who was his in, his entirety of his work makes him the greatest of all time, but you never watched him and went, 
Wow, he's a freak. No, because because <laughs> if you thought that, you might have thought like Randall Cunningham, who was an absolute right. ridiculous athlete, could throw it 80 Absolutely. yards on the run, jump over people in the whole bit. So you go, man, he may – but the quarterback position is probably the only one maybe other than pitcher in baseball where you go – they don't look like their accolades. You know right. what I mean? They don't. And, they don't. and then maybe in that position as a throw of the ball, if you have unique arm talent, maybe that's how it goes. But Tom Brady won't have to apologize to anybody for his run. New England's happy he came through. So is Tampa. Everybody got, got gold because of it. And so enjoy your comforting life <laughs> yes. as you settle in on a 10-year multi, multi-million dollar deal yeah. Yeah. as a voice on – on on the media like us. That's right, like us. Except we don't have we that don't kind have of deal. We don't. Yeah, we don't have the Timmy yet. Yeah, it's coming. Anyway, yeah. it's coming. Maybe yes. it's coming. There you go. There you go. Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, you know, I'm at the point. I just I'm tired of this guy. You know, he did this last year. He kind of brought my Broncos along for the ride. I think that's. I mean, no matter what they say, that's why Nathaniel Hackett was hired. And then soonly after that, he said, "No, I'm going to sign this deal with Green Bay." Now it looks like they're finally going to um, get him out of there and trade him. He was making some Raiders hints. I don't know. What, what What do you take right now of Aaron Rodgers? This is getting a little tiresome. To well, me. as your NFL correspondent, I'm supposed to have some answers for you <laughs> a little bit, right? I could not tell you, and I don't think he knows. He doesn't actually, know. actually, actually, there's a part of me that thinks he may know. And he just wants to play this game. Yeah, I yeah. think he likes this space. I think he likes poking. He does. I think he likes that. But, but what's practical, but who knows if that'll happen, is the Raiders are sitting there to me. Now now folks are starting to line things up. You know, Tampa doesn't have a quarterback. Like, no one's even talking about him maybe going there. You get the feeling Todd Bowles is going to need to kind of get someone in there, a grown-up in there that's not going to yep. be about a lot of mess. I don't know if that's going to be in Garoppolo, if that's going to be Atlanta. But can't to me, be Kyle Trask. It can't be Kyle Trask. N- no, they got to do more than that. Yeah. And it won't be a draft pick because I think they're either too low in the pit and, or, or they'll – uh, or they don't have any based on yeah. all the mortgaging they did to, to, to get that Super Bowl. To me, I like the Raiders for Aaron Rodgers. Now, whether Aaron Rodgers likes that or not, I don't know. He kind of teased that at the Pro-Am this past weekend when he was interviewed during the rain delay, which he, he actually won the yeah. Pro-Am. Yeah, so, he can play. Yeah, he, that, listen, <laughs> he, can, he can also play quarterback. Listen, you and yeah. I are never going to argue no. about his arm talent. No, no. one's ever going to no. argue about his ability to make those kinds of plays and off-platform throws and all those things that makes him unique. This offseason stuff just continues to be that thing. I think a lot like in the NBA where with Kyrie, Brooklyn just decided we're going to control this narrative now because we've got to get these other people in this facility on one accord. Even if it's a losing accord from wins and loss perspective, we've got to feel whole. I get the feeling that Aaron Rodgers is going to find him a landing place. I like the Raiders for him. There's Adams right there. He's a West Coast guy that would get him closer to there. Gets to play indoors most of his time in warm weather. If you're talking about playing in, in the West, we will see how it would play out. I don't know your Broncos are kind of side eye looking at it, but I, again, with Sean Payton, we can get into that. But my whole thing is for him from a fit standpoint, that would work. And we'll see what Jordan Love can do. You know, yeah, we'll see what he can do. I mean, a lot like Trey Lance with 49ers. Somebody saw something and sees something that made them make these moves, and so maybe it's time to kind of see what they can do. Well, that's the same thing they were saying about Aaron Rodgers, right? He sat for four years, sure right? He's watching Aaron, he's watching Brett Favre come back and do all these things, there and he's go. getting frustrated. Let's put number twelve out there, and oh my goodness, maybe the same thing happens with Jordan Lee. Who knows? Again, we don't see the practices. If you that's right, I'm sure if you you were around Bradford basketball enough, if you were to 
You go to the practices, and then you probably understand why people are and aren't in games right. a lot more Absolutely. than everybody that's watching. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm sure on the broadcast you want to say, you guys don't really you, – you're asking for A. You really don't want A. You don't want to know. Or, you, or the reason B is out there is because we know he can do it. Absolutely. So there's a lot more to it. A lot more to it. Well, speaking of having grown-ups in the room, yesterday, Sean Payton and my beloved Broncos, I watched the entire presser. and uh, Really? That's yeah, oh, shocker. Yeah. Oh, I was shocker. in on it, baby. Uh, you talk about the polar opposite from the disaster that was Nathaniel Hackett, but uh, you talk about a grown-up in the room that immediately comes in and says, you know what, uh, now's the time to meet your maker if you're not going to do things and be committed to win a championship. And uh I thought it was terrific. I'm excited about it. And I know a lot of people tried to throw in this narrative that he wasn't their first choice. We found out they had been negotiating with the Saints for like seven, eight days just to yep. make sure they yep. got the draft situation correct. It wasn't an easy negotiation. They liked all the other candidates, in particular, they liked Jim Harbaugh and D'Amico Ryans. But I believe this was their guy all along. And I think it's a home run hire. I, listen, on paper. I, listen, all we have is on paper. But to me, I'm with you, Rick. I, as I see it, they needed someone, not someone who's going to come in casual. They needed someone to come in, and, and you can just imagine what they probably said to him. We've got a quarterback who's gone diva who used to not be. No. We need him fixed. Yeah. We need him to get back to what he is. We've got a defense that is top-notch enough to go a long way. In Absolutely. fact, in the preseason, that's what you and I talked yeah. about. We thought yeah. – all you got to do now is just manage it. The defense will hold it down. If you can get 22, 23 points a game, some <laughs> games get 30, and let that altitude kick in, we should be fine. It never materialized. Never happened. Now you've got a guy who's coming in the room, and he's drawing a line in the sand. Well, whatever was isn't going to be anymore. <laughs> You're done, yes. He, he, he was Parcells-like in his approach. He talked about really having law and order. I heard him mention the word law and order. Yeah. That speaks to me like you guys have been running kind of rampant up in here, and it's just really not been organized. And you didn't win. Now, it's one thing to be that way. Hey, yeah, you're, tw- sure. you're 12-5, and five and, and you're kind of that way. I still say Sean Payton wouldn't have allowed it. <laughs> no, But now it's a lot easier to come in and say, all right, you've done it your way, which was trash. Now I'm coming in. My way is proven to be successful. And I think right now everyone's on alert, high alert. And if you're not right, and he even talked about it. This isn't for everybody. That's code for some of you will be here. Some of you won't. won't be. Some of you won't. So I think the defense will get inspired by that. I look forward to seeing him there. I like Sean Payton. I, I mean, he's done. He did wonderful things in New Orleans under trying conditions. You think about people forget about Katrina in 06. Absolutely, it was nothing there. Nothing they, to be excited they, they about. Were, they were displaced. Yes. At the, the dome was a mess. They had to bring it back. You have Drew Brees shoulder. Maybe I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Only this is play 15 seasons for him. After all that, you think about Saban could have had Drew Brees. What would New Orleans have been? when he was at Miami saving that is. So I, I think you've got the right guy in place for it, and I think it's going to be a shake-up type of thing. I think Denver needs that. And I think Russell Wilson will thrive. If he's who I think he is, the guy who chip on his shoulder, late-round pick, uh, earned his way, beat Matt Flynn out, uh, ball control offense, play to your strengths. If he's who I think he is, this could be a great marriage, and it's going to make the AFC West even more viable next year. It's yeah. going to need to be. I agree. I think Russ is still that guy. And you're right. He got out of control. He got in there. He had all this social media stuff going on. He had all the, let's uh, even though you're losing games, let's make sure we get a shot of me coming off the plane or walking down the stadium runway. Well, that's not going to happen. And Sean Payton said, look, we're not doing any of this stuff. He was asked specifically because, you know, last year, Nathaniel Hackett, they allowed Russell Wilson to have two personal coaches in the building. He said, that not on my watch because I don't even understand what that means. That's not happening. So he's laid down the law already, and he was speaking directly 
to Russ yesterday, even though he wasn't mentioning his name. Well, when you know how it goes. If you can speak to <laughs> Russ that way, now everybody else is going to fall in line. But I, I'm sure the organization was walking around on eggshells wanting to be that guy and do it. I think one of your defensive players, after a frustrating run where they had held – I can't remember the opponent that they had held in check again – and Russ and the offense could not score. Yeah. He storms Mike off the Purcell. field yeah. and got yeah. in his junk. You could see, you know, listen, defensive guys would make some great is their emotion. But when it doesn't go well, they're going to let that go. <laughs> and so you're not going to have 53 guys held in check the whole time. That, to me, was a shot at Russ like, do your part. We're doing ours. And quit being diva-like. You know, you could read those kinds Absolutely. of things. I think Sean Payton, Sean will put all that, he'll squash all that. The key to me will be how much Russ has left in the tank and being able to manage it out of him. It's going to be exciting to watch. And one more here before the break. Uh, we mentioned D'Amico Ryans, and uh, it was going to be the place for him. I never understood all the speculation of Denver. I mean, he's Weiss from Houston. He played in Houston. He's got so many friends and family in Houston. It was a no-brainer he was going to end up in Houston, and he deserves this shot. But whereas Russell Wilson needs an offensive coach to kind of fix him, D'Amico Ryans would not have been that guy as a first-year coach. The Bronco ownership said, look, we don't want another first-year coach. The Walton gang said no. So it made sense. Here, it's a perfect fit. He can develop as this program redevelops. Amen. Rick, Rick, perfect. In fact, it it made so much sense. Perfect. It's so much sense. And and if it's – Five and twelve next year will still say perfect because they're Absolutely. not a very good team. Again, no. these jobs are available in most cases because teams aren't very good. They're not good. So build a long term plan. You think about what Houston's had over the last couple of years. You had the Sean Watson situation where he set out a year holding out. Then all that scandal. Then you have uh, was it color that came in? Yeah. Then yeah. you have Lovey in. They were stopgate guys. They were. They were. They and it was unfortunate because nothing about it. And it's unfortunate for those gentlemen. To have to go through that, but I'm sure if, if we're seeing it here in Radford, Virginia, they had to know it in Houston, Texas, Texas that it wasn't going to be no. a long-term deal. I'm sure, you know, but competitors think, if I get this thing to 10 and 7, they'll have to keep me in that kind of thing. I'm sure that was the thinking, and then once it didn't happen yeah. that way, right? <laughs> I'm gone. it was kind of that kind of thing. <laughs> but but here's, here's crazy Houston with the third African-American coach in a row. D'Amico seems to be the guy that's going to be the long-term answer. He's got youthful exuberance. He does. He'll get one side of the ball real tightened up. Now they've got the number, I think, two pick, I yeah, believe it is. they're going to get one of those quarterbacks. So they're going to get a quarterback, yeah. and it'll be a process, whether it be Bryce Young or whether it be C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, whatever it'll be. And we'll do draft stuff later on this yes. spring because uh, we'll, we'll be able to have some fun with that and see how many we can get wrong. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, but for Houston, hey, you know what? Play the long game here. Let's just build for it. It's a winnable division. Oh, you know, no question. Now, now Jacksonville's made some strides, right. but Indy's still trying to find their 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 successor and that kind of thing. So to me, if you're Houston, you got a great city, got a great building, you got a lot to like, no state taxes in Houston, get a couple free agents to come there. You gotta understand he's gonna bring the San Francisco way over mm-hmm. there. Maybe some guys from San Francisco, when their deal runs out, will want to go down there and play for them. Why not? So that, I would certainly encourage that if I was them. So happy for him. Look forward to seeing what Houston can do next season. Yeah, I think it's a great fit. It's great perfect. Fit. I think both of those situations, it's a great fit. We're going to take a break, come back. Bottom of the hour is coming up. We're going to do a situation that I want to, I want to ask David about because I'm not sure about this other hire that was made. We're going to talk about that a little bit. <laughs> Still some teams looking to hire coaches, right? Bradford Hall of Famer David Smith, our NFL correspondent in studio. More coming up. We'll get into the big game this weekend as well. Stay with us as we roll along here on a Tuesday.
for a walk. Oh, just the people I'd want walking around all licked up. Listen to Big Dog Sports Talk anywhere with the TuneIn app. More BDSD next on WRAD. Just about done here before the bottom of the hour news. David Smith, Radford Hall of Famer in studio. We're just talking about one of our other passionate topics, Mike Porter. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Greatest um, basketball player this area has ever produced. I'm sorry. Bar none. He was everything. And and how tall was he, Rick? Maybe, Maybe six five eleven ish. Maybe five ten. It didn't matter because he could leap right over the backboard. Yeah, so good, <laughs> so good that that St. John signed him. Go look it up, folks. Yeah, St. John's with yeah. Luke Carnesecca, who could get anybody in the country. He signed him. So um, he was the most legit around this area. And anybody around here will tell you. He was about as good as anybody you ever seen. People say, why didn't he make it? He, just, he never took to college. He never took to school. Wasn't his thing, I mean, his wasn't his thing. And that happens a lot. There if he had the opportunities in, like, G League. There it is. Yep. He would have had – that would have been his launching point right there. Most ridiculously talented player <laughs> in this area in the years I've been around. As a Absolutely. School, no doubt. Absolutely. All right, more with David Smith, the Radford Hall of Famer. More about what's going on in the NFL surrounding the game as well this weekend. Hi, this is Gil Sayers, and you're listening to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. And we're rolling along with David Smith, the Radford Hall of Famer in studio, having a lot of fun. The stuff we talk about during the breaks is is almost as good, if not better, than the stuff we talk about during the uh, show. Sorry, listeners, it's actually better. It's actually better. It really is. But stay tuned. Maybe one of these days, coming soon, we're going to let you go. Maybe we'll call it behind the scenes. I like that. Uh, off the mic. I like that. Off the mic instead Ooh, of off the yeah, cuff. Yeah, why not? Send in your title request. Your title request for the future. There it is. Whatever this send might them, be. Send them to Rick. We'll we'll edit through them. All right, we're going through coaching hires real quick, David, and we like Sean Payton. I know I do a lot. I really like – I think D'Amico Ryans is going to end up uh, turning Houston around. I really do. Frank Reich to Carolina. That's the one that I look at and I still don't understand. Ironically, he was the first hire during this cycle. There's still two jobs, Indy and uh, Arizona, still looking. But I thought Steve Wilkes had done something down in Carolina that was really difficult. When you let a coach go like that, you trade your best player – he got that team not only playing hard but playing well, and he got the community back. And yet, at the end of the day, Mr. Tepperway, see you later. And I don't really yeah. – this is one I don't understand. Didn't make sense to me. So Not so much – well, first of all, Steve Wilkes had done enough. He had them – Six tre- wins. And they were trending in the right direction. You, you think about the quarterback situation they had, that Baker Mayfield had to get rid of him. Well, yeah, Sam that's true. Sam Darnold's banged up. You were down with P.J. Walker, right? Came think, down to the last week to be in the playoffs. And they were right there with Brady, and they were right there. And, and, and when I watched a lot of the things that the team was doing around celebrating Coach Wilkes, they were into it. They were fighting for him in the whole bit. So I felt like you had kind of weathered it. And really, if your issue was, and, and listening to Tepper or reading what he was talking about, he the league is offensive, and he wanted to go offensive. Okay, no one is saying that you're wrong, but boy, if you've got culture fixed, and you've got yes. energy good, yes. and that team had become 500 over the last 12 games, 
Why not just go get the offense handled? You've got a guy who's got control of the building, and you're ahead of the curve. Listen, Frank Reich, I appreciate what he was as an offensive coordinator on the 2017 Eagles championship team. Great. Frank's been in the league a long time. Great dude, too. (laughs) Super guy. Yeah. Is it going to be enough? Is he is he is he tough enough? Yeah. Is it going to be enough? Don't forget, Carolina now has got to get reattached to him after losing Wilkes. So some of those guys may be looking kind of like, well, we were we were riding the wave of momentum. We had our coach. We guys. had our guy. <laughs> we had, had him here, and he, and he showed some stuff for us. And they got a pretty they they got a pretty high pick in the draft, and so they've got needs like a lot of teams that didn't make the playoffs. But I'm with you. I think when you think about what Carolina had already in the building. And decided to let go is a little bit puzzling to me. And Frank Reich's going to bear the brunt of this because he is because scrutiny. You know, Rick, that community is going to look at him. Yeah. Don't go zero and four, bro. <laughs> right? All yeah. of a sudden, yeah, you're not going to win until September. What I mean? yeah. And, yeah. and I'm not sure that Steve Wilkes has landed. I'm not sure if I've read where he's no, landed anywhere no, yet as a DC or a head coach or it's whatever. It's going to happen. So I, I just think, and of course, we all forget the one year debacle that happened in Arizona with him. Like. He never had a chance. I think he was. That was was zero, that Josh Rosen? Yeah, zero shots. Where is he now? Yeah. Josh Rosen, he's not even 30. He's not even in the. I'm yeah. not sure if he's a backup anywhere no now. Work. Maybe no we'll work. see him this spring in XFL or something. Maybe. No shade to him. Maybe. It just didn't work. He just didn't work. So, so now you're going to put a first year coach with a quarterback that's inept in a place that really, in a division with, with Seattle at the time, or Seattle now, and, and the Rams. On the come up and and that kind of thing, San Francisco. So you're out there. It was it was it was a no win deal for him, and I didn't think that they gave him a shot. And this time again, I don't think he got a fair shot. So we're gonna keep our eye on Carolina, yeah, Rick, yeah. because this could be a I told you so deal. So David Tepper, with all your millions, my guy, I certainly hope it works out for you because <laughs> yeah. all eyes are gonna be watching in a division that can kind of get winnable when you think about oh, Brady no leaving. Question. Atlanta's kind of got, got what they've got going on. You know they're still in transition a little bit. So and in New Orleans, and so it's a winnable it division. Happen. It's it a winnable happen. division. I agree. And it would be great if uh, Coach Wilkes ended up in Indianapolis. And <laughs> <laughs> they would, just kind of switched. That'd well, be awesome. Well, that would be kind of crazy. That'd be real good. You know what? Back. Here I am. Hey, hey. hey, hey. Remember me? Uh, there it is. All right, the Pro Bowl weekend. It, it's not traditional, right? It's not something that we're used to seeing. I was one that was ready for this game to be ended because um, the effort wasn't great the last several years because – Let's be honest. The injury factor, these guys are so big and strong now. You don't need that extra game. It's a little different. It's a different era from what we were used to growing up when the Pro Bowl meant something, going to Hawaii, and the guys played pretty hard. And to be got honest. paid pretty good. Got paid for pretty well. Compared to what they're making now, so it was incentive it to was. go and hit again. It was. Right. But here they turned it into flag football weekend, and I, for one, thought it was pretty cool. I mean, it, it was a thing just for the fans, yep. and I haven't seen the ratings numbers, but – I think for what it was, it was it was successful. What do you think? I loved it. Loved it. I, I didn't need to see them just kind of going out there and twisting an ACL Not tackling. or anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you go hard, you know someone's going to get hurt. So no one wants to finish the season and rehab the whole offseason. So you try to get through it. So they consequently, throughout the last couple of years, were kind of going through the motions, yeah. which was souring everybody it was on bad. it. It was bad. So the fact that they rebranded the whole thing, they made it kind of like – like the NBA All-Star Weekend, if you will, started on Thursday at the skills competition with the throwing to the robots and the, and, and the whole kind of circus. Yeah, look. I yeah. like that, though. That was cool. That was good. And the other thing with the NFL that, that's important, I think, is those guys are in helmets the whole time. Helmets are all folks can kind of see, see their faces. It's kind of crazy, yeah. right? So there's a connection Marketing. to them. And if you, I don't know if you noticed, Rick, the, the stadium was packed. 
was. for the game it on was. Sunday. And what was funny was those guys were kind of going hard. And Peyton was in, too. I love that. She had the Mannings go head-to-head loved every year if they want to, at I, least listen, early on. That, to me, that's what you need. You that need, was great. You need them being there. But I'm just talking about guys running to the pylon with some speed and energy. It wasn't kind of like I'm just <laughs> jogging for it. And when they, when they had success – Everybody got around and gathered them and cheered them on. It was cool. I think everybody felt good to to be there. First of all, if you're a pro bowler and don't go, you don't they aren't considered a pro bowler. Right. So you had to be there. Had to be there. But it didn't look like they were forced to be there. No, they were having fun. And it's in Vegas. Keep it in Vegas. Keep it right where it Keep is. Keep it in Absolutely. Vegas. Everybody can Absolutely. get there. I mean, Hawaii is cool. It's a long way. But it's a long way. Hey, you do it in Vegas. You know you're going to be indoors. You're going to be okay. And everybody can get there. And by the way, it's a great week. If Vegas is a, you could be in a lot worse places. <laughs> no question. So uh, no question. I love what they did. The game notwithstanding, I don't even know who won it. I think Eli. I, got I think Peyton. Eli got the win. Yeah, yeah. Peyton was pretty mad afterwards. Well, so. Peyton says mad. That's his you can tell he's got the I should win all the time. Oh, thing. And Eli's just all folksy. He's like, you can say what you want, bro, but I got you again. <laughs> so I think it was cool. I'm happy with the way the NFL has done that. It gives a chance for the players to get some recognition. Everybody walks out of there unscathed for the most part. And now everybody's back home and they can celebrate their offseason, especially now with 17 games. Right and play also some of those guys. It's cool to be able to see them kind of go home and be okay and get ready for a relaxing off season, so to speak. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was uh, if that's the way you're going to adjust. I think it was just fine. I'm looking forward to seeing the numbers on it as well. I Same. think it's going to be stronger than I we think. agree. And I think it's and they're going to build on this. No, they will. I mean, they'll, they'll improve it. They'll get some more stuff going, but um, they will. Know, the first one won't be the best one. No, it'll no. get better after this. But it was a good. It was a good pivot. It yep. really was. Yep. All right, here we go. The big game this weekend. I think you and I have said, I believe it, right? I mean, according to your power ratings every week, these are the best two teams from each conference, right, heading into the Super Bowl. It is, Rick. And you know what's funny? I jotted this down last week. Sorry, I'm a note taker. No, no. Both number one seeds are in the Super Bowl. Both teams had buys. Two African-American starting quarterbacks, which is a secondary story, which tells you where we're getting to. Yeah, that yeah, that that's right? not something that you have to feel like. Yeah, not like the Doug Williams '87, '88 campaign where no. it was significant. But even prior to that, I, you know, being a Warren Moon fan as a quarterback oh, myself, all Warren those Moon. most perfect football <laughs> ever, and all that. This is the Andy mm. Reid Bowl. It's kind of crazy, <laughs> it is. right? He, it is. He was at Philly for 14 years in Kansas City for 10 years in Kansas City. I know it's hard to believe. And if you remember. When Philly, kind of like with Doug Peterson, it's like they said it all year. Well, you know, this might be Andy Reid's last year. And I kept thinking, well, why? I mean, and they, you know, where it's run its course. But he's doing okay. You know what I mean? He is, yeah. It's just was one. But the moment he left Philly, like he got the Kansas City job, I don't know if you remember, it was overnight. Yeah. It was quick. I don't think he was out of coaching an hour and a half. Right. And he was already at Kansas City, and that thing got to going again. The interesting part about this, though, is both quarterbacks aren't 100%. No. I'm more worried about Jalen. I'm telling you. Than I am. I think Mahomes going to be fine. He looks like, but I don't know. Hurts did not look good to me at all. Hurts looked hurt. He did. The last couple of games. Now, he has said it's going to be like this the rest of the year. I think that since he got hurt and he's come back, his ability to have touch on the ball down the field has been a little askew. And when he took, he took a shot in that championship game, you could kind of see him kind of have a wince. A little bit. So you know he's banged up, and it's not going to get great without rest or whatever needs to get done. At this point, you got to power through it. But the right arm of a quarterback on a team that has been used to spreading the ball and taking the top off the defense, Kansas, if I know it, they know it. So you get the feeling if Kansas City is paying attention at all that they're going to 
encourage him to throw it deep perhaps, maybe try to get inside and put a little pressure on him, make him a runner and try to lay the wood on him. So that's a thought process that might can happen too. Now, a lot easier. That's all great sitting here in the radio on Tuesday to do when you get out uh, in Arizona, Glendale, and it starts to fly around for real because Philly runs the football. They with, do. They got the best offensive line in football, even though Lane Johnson's banged up. We'll see how that goes. Kelsey's a man at the middle. I think they're going to be able to try to impose their will on him. But Chris Jones has had himself he really has. a postseason. He's exploded. And so yep. it's going to be real interesting to see the wheels of that. And then Mahomes, as long as he doesn't tweak his ankle and he can stay pretty much on platform, he's down a couple be, of weapons. Yeah. But I'm with you. I think with, if he came back after one week. Right. It would be a bigger story. But now he's – I think he's okay. You would think, I think he's, he's going to be okay enough that that yeah. won't be an issue as long as there's not a tweak in the game for him. So, so it's setting up to be – Everything we want. What, what more do you want? They're both 16 and 3. Yeah. They both had a bye. Uh, and interestingly enough, I saw this stat. I'm not going to take credit for finding it. They both have scored 546 <laughs> points this season. <laughs> wow. Is that the crazy? I think both of them also had six Pro Bowlers. So so the symmetry hey, is I know. insane. I know. So, so if you're a football fan, the two teams that have probably come out of and earned it the most are playing for your Super Bowl. And I think the spread is – It's been one, one and, one and a half, half for yeah. Philly. Which so, is, in other words, it's a pick 'em, and and that is as close as it's been in the Super Bowl era. It's like it's not really been this tight before from Vegas. So so we'll see how it all plays out, and we'll make our picks a little bit later, sir. The only thing I'm worried about is this crew they're putting in there. This officiating crew is the highest rated in terms of penalties being thrown per game. 140 or 1.5 more per game than the NFL average. Let's hope Uh-oh. that uh, Carl Sheffers is the uh, crew chief. I don't know why. This shows you how the NFL doesn't get it. Why they're rewarding this crew that was under so much scrutiny, a Super Bowl, shows you that Roger Goodell and the powers that be still don't understand that everything about this game is elevating to heights we've never seen, but the officiating is getting worse and worse and worse. And and one of these days when we've got longer than this amount of time yeah, to talk, yeah. officiating everywhere in every sport – is having a tough it time. It really now. is. And in football, with all the eyes on you, and, and, and a lot of times, I don't know if they still do it in the NFL, they, they reward best referee, best back judge. Right. They don't do crew. Or maybe they do. Are they doing the crew, Rick? Or are well, they I doing, think it is. Okay, think good. Well, they change. Crew. I think okay. it's just crew. Because that gives me yeah, a, a sense that it's a better situation because there's symmetry there. You don't, where, where should I be in that kind of thing? And you just have a flow. But yet, if this crew was anointed the ones to be the Super Bowl that calls the most penalties, you know, I don't want my football game no. to be marred by flags. No. And yet, at the same time, do, do the simple thing. Call the obvious. Call the impactful. And let it go. And then the, re- the rest <laughs> of us got to figure it. You got to figure out the rest of it. That's my take on the referee no, and officiate. I'm with you. I'm with you. And something else I'm proud of, we have been on Jalen Hurts, you and I. I've been a big fan of his you for really the last have. two years. I'm so glad to see that come to fruition. I just something about the way he handled the whole Alabama Oklahoma thing and the way he's handled everything. Everything. We we always talk about the demeanor of some of these guys. I think Joe Burrow has it. I think uh, well Mahomes is a little more emotional, but I think Hurts and and Burrow kind of have that similar stoic you know things are churning inside, but their leadership doesn't ever make it come out. And I think that's a rare quality to have. Jalen Hurts is the kind of guy that probably drives everybody nuts because he's just not going to say anything. He's just going to play. He just plays the game. The harder you hit him, he just gets right yeah. up. Yeah. He doesn't. He's not He's not a braggadocious guy. If that's no. your thing, God bless you. That's cool. Sure. He's just sure. on to the next play. The Alabama thing – 
hey, I was starting, didn't work out. Came in, that kind of thing, fine. Oklahoma may be the place for me, okay? If I proved it there. Go in the league, ah, don't get picked early. Right, right. Okay, I'll sit behind this guy. Okay, put me in. Oh, you know what? You're they, never taking me out. You, you know what? All I need is all I need is a chance. Yeah, you don't have to open the door. Just leave it ajar. I'll get in there. And now they've crafted their whole offense around him. And now he's become an elite throw of the football in the eyes of some. And I think that's important. I mean, in Oklahoma, he was slinging it around, but that's Big Twelve. No, and, and, no. But yet, he showed he could. And I think there's something to that. So now he's in a situation where Philly has changed all of what they do. A lot like Baltimore's done. This is who we are. We're a power football running team with him at the helm. And his leadership is what I also think has been significant. And so to me, what a great success story to have that guy as a face of your franchise. And the Brinks truck won't hold the money no. he's about no. to get. And especially if they bring down the Lombardi on Sunday. It'll be kind of crazy. And I tell you, I think it's a subtle thing, but the ownership group there in the front office, when they went out and made the A.J. Brown trade, right, oh, oh, that's telling – hurts immediately you're our guy but we think you need somebody that can help go along with what we did with smith and your and i think that sends a message to him too okay they're behind me to the point they know what kind of weapons i'm going to and i thought that kind of set this whole thing up yep. that whole trade and yep. I mean, what that does to a team right and that emotion and that just influence great point you know what rick and if you're Tennessee, I'm sure – I think a lot of their guys are like, you're trading. Oh, they're still talking about it. They, they're soured over that whole deal. <laughs> I would, too. I'm sure Ryan Tannehill's like, what are you thinking of me? Well, think about what you what? just said. If you think about that for Jalen Hurts on the plus side, if you're Ryan Tannehill, you're probably thinking, what about me? I mean, that's my guy. I, don't, I just don't it, get it. I do not understand. I don't even know what they got in the trade, and, but it wasn't enough. You know what no, I mean? No, he wasn't even making that much money. It wasn't even that. He, I don't think he's even reached his top deal. No. So, so no. for Philly, he's there and he's just cheesing on camera. He's so thrilled. He's in the championship game. As he's, he should be. He's getting chances. He's got Smith on the other side. You got those SEC boys. Him from oh. Ole Miss. Smith from Alabama. Heisman Trophy winner. So, you've got pieces. You've got parts. You got Sanders in the backfield, the greatest offensive line, and their defense. Has got it's grown very, men. Very good. They've got grown men. Fletcher Cox is still doing his thing, and Gannon's and so, a good coach. And they yeah. they're going to be solid. It's going to be Kansas City. Oh, listen, everybody's going to have their work. It's the Super Bowl. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be but easy. But everybody's got their work cut out for them. But but if you're the Eagles, you got to like the pieces you got. <laughs> I know. Got to like them, and they're young. And I think that the Chiefs secondary is the one that until recently, when coaches finally get, got the attention, probably hold more than any other secondary in the league. <laughs> Breaking it down, I saw some things about what they get away sure, with. Sure. They had a lot more calls against them in the playoffs. They're not going to be able to do that on Sunday, especially with this crew. And I think the fact this crew's in the game tells you something. It's going to be huge for Philly when those guys are reaching out, when they realize A.J. Brown's about to go by me by three yards. Ooh, wait a minute. Smith's getting ready to cut inside, and I can't. I better grab that jersey. You watch. I think it's going to help Philly early getting a lot of those calls in that back. Another great point, and here's the thing, Rick. If, I'm sure Sirianni's sitting somewhere in Glendale now with his staff going, receivers, coach, here's what you tell oh. our guys. You go across the middle, you need to flail, you need to draw attention to it. It's all in gamesmanship at this it point. It and is. if they're going to be a, t- a, a crew that's going to call a lot, then we need to take advantage right. of that and the other side of it too. If you're Kansas City and their receivers are down a little bit. I saw Hardman's out. Hardman's out. Yeah. So they got IR. Edwards Hilaire back. Yeah. So, so Mahomes is going to have to kind of be a lot more of him and that kind of thing. They still got Kelsey. 
who's a man, yeah, exactly. they still the got uncoverable him. One. The uncoverable <laughs> Travis Kelsey, the, the jack-of-all-trades guy. He'll quarterback sneak it for you. The former Cincinnati, the former quarterback. Yeah, that's once upon a time. So, so I'm with you. It's going to be real interesting to see how Kansas City's secondary deals with those beasts on the wideouts for the Eagles. All right. And quickly here, our picks. So, Rick, here's the deal. <laughs> it, has, it has come down to this. You and I are tied in the postseason. We are. And so we, if we choose the same team, we're going to need to have a point spread to determine the it's overall our own Super champion. Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. So, so as a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, the regular season champion, yours truly, but the postseason, we are tied. So, Rick, Kansas City and Philly in Glendale, Arizona, 630 on Fox on Sunday. Who do you take and what score? I am taking – I've picked against them the entire playoffs. But I'm going with Philadelphia. I just like the matchups. I like what they do a little bit better than what Kansas City's package can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Kelsey, notwithstanding, I think their defense is much better, especially up front now, barring Chris Jones and the pressure they were able to show in that championship game. But Cincinnati has a terrible offensive line. You've already said it. Eagles have the best offensive line in That's the right. game. Chiefs aren't going to get pressure on Hurts like they did mm-hmm. against Joey Burrow. And I think the Bengals – I mean, I'm saying I think the Eagles win this game by a couple of scores. Wow. I, think, I think it's going to be something like a, a 34-24 in favor of Philadelphia because I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to keep up with them scoring the football. And I know that sounds crazy with Patrick Mahomes, but – Chiefs also have not had to play. Played Jacksonville, young defense, and they played uh, Cincinnati, whose defense can be hit or miss. They haven't seen anything like this. That's it? That's it. 34-24. Are you sure? Philadelphia wins their second Lombardi. It would be a lot easier to say, I'm on, I love Jalen Hurts, and I want that story to happen. And had I picked first, I might have done that. But in the spirit of this great radio program, I'm going to be the contrarian today. All right. I'm going to take the Chiefs, and I'm a little skeptical on it. The the, the thing I give them credit for, Andy Reid having been there, Patrick Mahomes having been there. Very true. So there's something to that. There's something to the moment. And Jalen Hurts' arm, which is more significant than Mahomes' leg, if they happen to both get dinged up, gives me some pause because if Hurts is not in there, my concern is – and if he's not the best version of That's himself to run it. <laughs> so for me, and again, I probably in my heart want Jalen to win it because who in God's name wouldn't love Jalen Hurts oh, yeah, to win it, right? You can't not like Jalen Hurts. I'm going to say the Chiefs 27-24. Okay, that's so a good score. We'll go that's with that and see how it all plays all right. out. And next Tuesday, we'll see who's the champion of picks That's right. this season. Who's buying lunch or dinner? Who's buying lunch or dinner? <laughs> we will find out next week. David, thanks for being here. It's been a lot of fun, brother. Man, anytime, great. anytime. Love it. And we need to do this more often, having you in studio. Uh, anytime you need me, I'm here. All right, we're going to take our final break. Wrap it up here on a Tuesday. The absolute best sports talk in the New River Valley, period. And you can quote us on that. That's the fact, Jack. That's the fact, Jack. More Big Dog next on WRAD. All right, we are done here on a Tuesday. The bell toils for thee. David, thanks again, man. Listen, thank fun. you so much. We got women's hoops we got to get into one of these yeah, days. Yeah, I know we do. Shout we out do. Kenny Brooks and his team for the win last Absolutely. night. Absolutely. Mike Young for his win over UVA on Saturday. And our guys Thursday night. That's right. See if the Highlanders can go for 10 in a row. Come on down, folks. Tomorrow we'll have uh, Keon Brown join us as well as Bill Roth and maybe some other stuff. Thanks to Mike Burnup, Jermaine Farrell, and, of course, David Smith. Thanks for listening. UVA-NC State tonight, huge game in the ACC. We'll see how the Cavaliers bounce back. 
Everybody enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, your sunny Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow on the Hump Day Wednesday edition of the program. Center for. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, New River Valley.